You are now listening to Out of the Blank. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Fee Basana Vis Vis Visis Viscus. Yes, sure. I maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Did I how how bad did I wreck it? I feel like it was going good and then I saw the V part and then that's at that point I was like anxiety and I had to just <laughs> bail out midway. <laughs> no, like that's the thing. That's I think honestly, that's a better job than then my family pronounces it. Hell, like we have a relative who has a Wikipedia page from like a long time ago. And I, I tried, I went to the pronunciation button portion where I clicked it and the computer pronounced our last name for me. And I was like, wow, that's nothing like how we pronounce it. Because my, my father's from Tennessee. He pronounced it Basanovicius, which is the most redneck incorrect. Yeah, like, it literally has like the hints of the word hickey when you said that, Vicky. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And so I think I think it's pronounced Basanyavichis. That's as close as I think I'm going to get. So I'm just going with that. If you get it wrong, it's fine. Is it like Romanian? Yeah, Lithuanian. Lithuanian. Okay. I'm yeah. trying to wonder, like, have you ever thought about like, you know, how you trace your ancestry to a certain point? I was like, was there a certain point? Like, cause you hear about people's families that are like, oh, they were this for this long. And then they switched their name to this. And I'm like, is that because they got married? Or is there like a thing where you know, Knights of the Round Table, where guys like I'm changing my last name. My lineage is going to be named Space Invaders, and the guys like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> well, if you're doing Space Invader, I'm doing like Dragon Slayer. Okay, like, I who who chose at the at the start is what you're asking. Like, where do we like? All right, this is what our name is. We need to start calling ourselves something. We need a first one and a last one. If you want to get squirrely, let's also add middle ones, but we need to start calling ourselves things. It's like, like a fork in the road. There's two pathways you can take. You can take, you know, having a really nice name or a really bad name. And then it's either that or we're going to be dealing with, I don't know, trying to do something else that's stupid, like designing a cult. Like, how are we going to do this? Are we going <laughs> to turn it into a religion or are we just going to turn it onto a, we're just going to get as many people as possible? Like, it's, it's that whole thing. Like, I really try and think deep into our history. Like, how did we come here? And how have we either evolved or devolved? I don't know. You know what usually helps me is a good episode of Bill Nye. He's, he seems to be really well-versed on that stuff. <laughs> that man blew my mind when he came out with his newest show. And oh, isn't it great? It's you, so fantastic. Did Bill you see Nye the trailer the for it, though, where he shows, like, the earth, and he's like, you see this? This is the earth, and he lights it on fire. He goes, it's yeah. on fucking fire. I taught you when you're kids. Now you're adults. I'm like, <gasps> yes. Dude, did, there's, epi there's parts of the episode that are my favorite where it's, it's called Bill Needs a Minute, and it's, <laughs> it's literally just yeah. Bill, like, turning to the camera and going, okay, why are we still talking about this? The earth's on fire. Like the love is a spectrum. So is sexuality. Why are we still talking about this? Let's talk about anything else that's more important. The world's again on fire. <laughs> like it's so great. He's just like, let's, he did another one recently about um, mel 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 melatonin. Melano Mel melanoma. Me no. 
melanin. The, basically, melanin, the thing in your the, the skin pigment. He's like, literally, it's about you can see like he has like a whole globe, and he's like, it's literally protection against the sun. That's literally all it is. Can you freaking like get over it? <laughs> like, like that's he, why um dark skin people like um in Africa their skin is adapted um to the sun because the climate there. You know that's why like paste like Irish people for instance their weather climate is completely different from Africa, so their skin's a lot lighter. That's why when they go out into the sun they always burn real quickly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's melanin. Yeah. It's literally all it is. It's like the skin pigment evolutionarily. Like, yeah. And he like has a video on it. It's kind of like Bill needs a minute. It's kind of like the part where he sets the globe on fire. He's just like, okay, if, if, if you're racist, you're an idiot because yeah. like we're all the, the same. It's literally just melanin. Get over yourselves. Like it, it's, it's so great. He is, his show literally will save the world. And I love his panels. He always makes them diverse. Like he always makes sure to have uh, like three people and they always, the majority has to be either, either women or people of color from like all over like the world or the country. And he he gets like voices from all over he's like these are professionals in this field like let's listen to them it's not just me these are, this is this is how it is you know he backs his 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 arguments up so well he's he's fantastic i love bill nye i feel like if we're going to talk about like all right for instance race like if you're racist nowadays i think it's just because you're scared of something that's a little bit different from you i feel like just because as a society we try and group around things we're so similar to like it's, we're comfortable. And I'm like, I've been a minority in every single job I've ever worked in. So like, I've just learned to lose that, like that whole awkward feeling, like you got to pick up things from around you. Eventually it's like when you're, you know, if you go to a Chinese restaurant, you start speaking really fast and you're like, hold on, what am I doing right now? Am I being racist? Like that whole thing. It's because you're picking up on things that are around you. There's this, you're, that's what your, our bodies are meant to do is to adapt. So like all these people out here that are trying to start this whole racism, they got deep fast. Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, I, I'm not super familiar with, with that instance, um, but I, I guess I see, I kind of see what you're, what you're saying. Um, yeah. And you're right. It literally just comes down to ignorance. Just people who don't know facts. It, like literally Yoda had it correct. Fear is like, anger anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering it's all part of the dark side just educate yourselves like oh it's like <laughs> so a better example would be like if you went to a another country or not another country or maybe another state and they had that like the boston accent or they had like a new jersey accent eventually after living there for probably around a year or two you would start having that accent that's why people that move away they end up it's because you're picking up on similarities that are around you it's the same thing like uh, i worked around nothing but a latino housekeeping staff and eventually i was like you know i was starting to learn spanish i was starting to pick up my brain was automatically doing that because it was trying to assimilate me with them that's why well, like, i think that's also true about pretty much anyone like people you hang out with naturally people who yeah. like say for example who you have a crush on say people tend to in the person in the room who they have a crush on they tend to mimic them you know or like per person that they tend to like they tend to like adapt mannerisms without even knowing it it's the need or want to like fit in and like i guess I don't, I'm not super, super, super well-versed on like the psychological like parts of it and adapting to like the folks around you. Um, but it's all very, very interesting to like observe and like every little bit that I like kind of pick up on here and there. It's, it's interesting to study people. Like as, as an actor, like I'm able, I, whenever I go places, I like to like observe these things and see how people are interacting. Like even when we're just hanging out as friends, like I kind of like, if I'm not immediately contributing to a conversation, I like to step back and like kind of watch how people interact. And I think that informs like my art a lot because I'm, I'm, I love to see, especially when writing dialogue, for example, I get a lot of that inspiration just by sitting back and watching people talk, watching how they talk. Like people don't 
often like, I'm going to say a complete thought and then wait. And then the next person says a complete thought and then wait. It's like, no, people like overlap, people interject, people like kind of, they don't speak in complete sentences sometimes. Um, their, their brains like work differently. And, it, and same goes for their body language. Like when they say a certain thing a certain way, they're probably gonna be doing something. Like I'm not gonna have someone doing jumping jacks, like doing like um, their wedding vows, you know what I mean? Um, so just picking up on things like that, it's very, it's very interesting. And it informs, like it's interesting how much psychology and like human interaction and people doing just that, adapting and, and their tactics, things like that inform my art. I guess it brings to the point of what's the cure for racism. And it's just conversation with people. I feel like the factor of like, we talk about picking up on things around you. Nobody's around each other anymore. We've adapted into this new way of social media. And that's not saying that's caused racism, but I think it's, it's increased it. If anything, I mean, if you look at being an actor and observing people, when you're given a certain scene, if it says, Hey, you're going to, sarcastically say this if you don't know what sarcasm is because you haven't been around it you haven't observed it you haven't looked for it you're not going to know what to do you're going to end up reading the line that tells you what to act you're going to be like oh really sarcasm here it's like oh i wasn't supposed to say that part you got to learn from watching things around you and also experiencing a little bit more of the world too because the more things you experience the more knowledge you have yeah and the more um i think a big part of that is listening less talking, more listening, especially when it comes to things like I come from a place of privilege when it comes to this thing. So I have no idea what the cure is. I am a contributor, I'm a contributor to the aggressor side. You know, I am a very privileged person uh, be, being like a, a white person. I am. And I need to be able to be like, okay, I, I need to know that I don't get it. <laughs> and I need to shut up and listen instead of being like, oh, oh, this is it, this is it, this is it, you know, it's like, no, I don't know, <laughs> like, because I didn't know for so long, and I, I, it wasn't until the more I educate myself, like, every day when I try to educate myself, um, and I do educate myself, uh, the more I realize, the less I know, um, and I think that's a start, you know, is, like, one recognition of your own privilege, and where you're coming from, recognizing how much you don't know, and then a willingness to learn, you know, and to at least that's the start I have. Again, no expert on it, but I just know like in terms of when it comes to improving as a person and not just as an artist, just as a person and as a person in society. Um, yeah, that's what, the, <laughs> I don't know how we got on that, but, but like it all just, this, it, but like. It really kind of, well, I mean, it all kind of leads in together. If you want to look at acting, for instance, and comedy, for instance, stand up, whatever. It really sucks that we can't get past the whole factor of like, there's that stigma of race and there's always that stigma everywhere we go. And you would think in the one thing that would bring a form of entertainment, it's really hard to do. You get to hear from like, if you, if you ever seen Dave Chappelle's Sticks and Stones comedy special, if that was a white person doing that special, it would not have aired and he would have gotten canceled for it. But it was Dave Chappelle. That's what it's, it's, it's the same thing with acting. People are going to be denied roles because of the color of their skin. People are going to be denied. And it's like, if it's going to make it better, why would you, why would you deny that? Why would you go with somebody else that could make, you know, wouldn't be just fit for the part? Why do they always have to be stereotypical casted roles? And it's like, I feel like I don't know what the, I guess I don't really know what the answer would be to fix that solution. It's just I mean, really the answer tricky. is to give platforms, give platforms to, to people outside of like the norm. Cause so for so long, it's been the blonde hair, blue eyed, like ingenue, like uh, who was white and the, the male who was like the hero and the woman turning to the man going, what do we do? And they were all white. And it's, 
it's, I, it's been done and done and done and no platform has been given to any other voice. And so that's why I really, really am loving this revolution that's happening, not just socially, but in the entertainment industry where we're actually like stepping back and pulling back be like, hey, guess what? Our voice isn't the only one. Uh, in fact, there's all these wonderful voices out here that are much more diverse. We should listen to them. But that's it, also, why it also shouldn't be out of like fear either. Like if you have a director that's like, we got to have one black guy in there. We got to have somebody of a no, different race. No, because then it's a token. No, That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, it can't end, end up being like that. But like with the so how severe it's getting, that's what it's turning into. I'm like, why don't you just cast the guy for the fit role which was really crazy is like it's the same thing with weight and and being an actor if you're a certain weight sometimes they don't want you for that role because you're too big for whatever they did that with uh kevin uh james the guy playing king of queens they his uh manager or whatever said that if he got skinny or if he lost weight he was going to lose roles yeah like, that's why that's honestly why i really love chicago really and i love I love the scene here because uh, um, from what I, at least that was, it was at the time when I was graduating, like college, LA is very like, this is a very specific type that we need. Uh, New York is even like that in a lot of ways. Um, but Chicago's like, are you weird? Cool. We'll take you as you are. Let's hear your voice. We want the uniqueness. We want what we haven't seen yet. We want something fresh, new and interesting. The weirder, the better. Um, and it wasn't until I really moved to Chicago and started really observing more and talking less that I realized, wow, it's all this exact same I've seen before. It's all the same. Um, and so seeing these, like being able to interact with a more like diverse like group of people has really like helped me <laughs> grow significantly as an artist. What public school was the best for? You got to show you a bunch of different cultures, a bunch of different things that you wouldn't have experienced if you were like, like my cousin, for instance, he's homeschooled because he's a diabetic. His mom just didn't feel comfortable sending him to a real school. He barely, like he's sheltered. And I'm like, you, you I realize like we're the same age, basically. He's only six months behind me. So I'm like, our levels of like, I was like on top, I was going on like the roller coasters, the water slides, all that. And he was like, nope. And then he just started doing them. I'm like, dude, we're in our twenties. And this thing is like the lazy river. Like it's something like that. But you realize he's got to take his time doing this stuff because he's not used to all this exposure of things. And like, we all have our own journey, you know, that's why you should never judge anyone's journey. You know, everyone has their own journey. Like everyone, like, like Ron Swanson, or not Ron Swanson, um, Nick Offerman said, like, paddle your own canoe. Everyone does, you know. <laughs> you were about to say Ron Swanson. I was like, are we talking yeah. about the bacon scene where he goes, hey, what is that, turkey bacon? Can I have one? Throws it in the <laughs> trash can. Can I have another? And just keeps doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I yeah, it's same kind of idea same same human uh one's a character uh but like no nick offerman's uh it's from his american ham tour uh that i had the privilege of seeing when he came to chicago back a few years ago and by a few i mean more than a few um but <laughs> he literally uh he came out and he talked about being a man and like it was like uh, his points of of being a man and what it's like to be a man and and um one of them that that stuck with me the most was paddle your own canoe he even wrote a song and he sang it at the end it's like hell yes hell yes nick offerman um sorry i i love nick offerman he's fantastic <laughs> he's an amazing actor let me tell you What's the craziest, I think, tragedy in the industry happens, I think, to do with looks. I just feel like as a society, we're way too capitalized on that. And the fact that, like, 
I feel like the world is becoming a little bit body dysmorphic because we're always so used to seeing people in photos and edited and all glamored up where like people don't want to end up leaving the house sometimes because they're just, they, they don't have the sweatpants confidence. I always talk about like going to the store in your sweatpants and not giving a shit who looks at you. But like when it comes into the industry, being on camera, I know so many people and I've read so many stories of just kids that would like, you know, get plastic surgery at like the age of 12, just to fit for a role. And I'm like, whoa like oh i haven't heard of those it's really hard like it it, it's really hard to kind of like i guess look past your flaws and really love them i was the same way i didn't like my freckles on my face i saw a picture of jensen ackles without freckles and i was like oh he's fucking human and then i learned you know you got to learn to love those things which you really don't appreciate until you get older yeah, I think that just comes with experiences like self-worth, self-confidence. And like, that's another kind of revolution that's happening in the industry right now is body positivity. We have now these amazing shows uh, like Shrill. Oh my God, it's, it's, it's about, I, I don't know if you've seen Shrill. Um, it's, it's fantastic. It's on Hulu. Um, it, it's about, the, the main leads in it are, are very curvy women. Uh, and they're like not apologizing for it. Um, uh, Aidy Bryant from SNL is in it. Absolutely in love with her. She's hysterical, and it, it's it's a fantastic show. I highly recommend checking it out. It's I, I really dig it. <laughs> but it's it it kind of is starting to break that mold, right? Uh, we're now starting to see more diversity, not just when it comes to people of color, but we're seeing strong female leads. We're seeing like curvy women. We're seeing like a quote unquote real women. You know, like uh, growing up, I like I I I have a I have a big booty. Uh, I have a rather big booty, and I was very self conscious of it most of my life, trying to cover it up, like having like baggy clothes, trying to just like because everyone would be looking at it, and I'd be very self conscious of it. And it wasn't until I moved out, like I came from a very sheltered household as well. I think it also has to do with like the the society you have around. Growing up, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, in a very conservative, very sheltered household, and I didn't realize how closed-minded or sheltered or any of that I was until I got a chance to move away from it. And when I moved to Chicago, even then, it took me a few years to realize, oh, wow, I was, for some reason, like, hating like a body part that I should love. Like I should love my, like my teeth. They're crooked as all get out. Don't even talk to me about crooked teeth. This is the whole reason why I don't like doing videos is because of my teeth. Yeah. Yeah. See, see, same. That's why I was like, oh, well I have to get these fixed before I do anything. And then it wasn't until like the past few years, I was like, no, like it's freaking great. I'm a comedian. I look like these two teeth layers sticking out. They look like vampire fangs, but they're like flat. So it looks like buck teeth. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like a redneck vampire. Like I'll just turn into a character. <laughs> like, I got hit in the mouth with a bat when I was a kid and it shifted my right jaw back and my left jaw forward. So. Oh, geez. Like, it's like, it's like earth when it, like an earthquake happens. So I'm like, yeah. You're like, hey, someone earth bent my jaw. I'm kind of badass right? in that way. That Check was not out. a bad movie. I'm standing up for that movie. Too many people talk shit on that movie. That movie was amazing. Wait, which movie? The Avatar movie. There, oh, the M. Night Shyamalan one? Did M. Night Shyamalan write the last Airbender one? The... I don't know. I recently just watched the series for the first time. And I, I know there's a live action movie out there. Yeah. I haven't seen it. And I know M. Night Shyamalan did one. I have not heard good things about it, but no, I don't know. Again, I'm everyone, a novice. Everyone hated it. But I'm like, I, if honestly, if M. Night Shyamalan wrote it, it explains because I love all of his freaking movies. I don't know what, I don't think I found a bad one. 
I mean, to, I mean, to each their own. I, again, I haven't seen it, so I can't really speak to it. I have seen like the series. I, I recently viewed that because my roommate, she's a very, um, uh, also very talented artist. Uh, she, anime. Uh, I'm sorry. Anime. Oh no, my roommate. She just was really into Airbender, and so she introduced me to it. Um, very well written. Absolutely love it. Haven't started Legend of Korra yet, but no, she she uh, she's really into like. Like that fan. She also introduced me to this other cartoon um, show, The Dragon Prince, by the same creators. Like getting into that now too. You know that's what they call anime, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like an American version of of anime. Um, I'm not sure. Is it is it considered an anime? As if it's like a cartoon with that styling and drawings. It's just why when you said art, I was like, that's what a lot of people are doing. Is they're doing like the nostalgia cartoons and all those types of things. The good cartoons, I would call them. That's anime art or. If you really want to get deep down into it, it goes down like this manga or whatever it's called. I don't know. That goes into yeah, the I, Japanese comics you can't read. Yeah. In high school, I was in the anime manga club. Like, <laughs> I, I knew anime and manga. Yeah. They're I learned awesome. How to, yeah, they're, they're, they're great. I loved them when I was, like, more in high school. There's a few now that I'm not, I'm not super, super into them anymore. But there are. I know there's some out there that are pretty cool. Like, my friend's, a friend of mine just told me about this one called Hunter x Hunter. Um, I know Cowboy, I saw, I remember Cowboy Bebop when I was like growing up, loved that one. I am excited for that live action that's hopefully not postponed <laughs> from COVID. Um, uh, but yeah, no, anime, manga, yeah, I was into that stuff a whole bunch like in high school. Um, and I feel like now, now I've kind of, my, my tastes have changed a little bit. Um, now more into comedy, just straight, <laughs> straight comedy, SNL, that sort of, that sort of stuff. What have you noticed about comedy that I guess is wrong? Like, I wouldn't say like, I know the whole fact we're going to be going back to comedy, but the one thing I started noticing was like of how like cancel everything is now, which it's for good and for bad, but hold on. What I'm saying is, is the factor of now comedians, most of them, the only time they crack a joke on something is about themselves because of the fact it's too kind of risky to crack joke on something that someone might take offense to. Well, the thing about cancel culture is it's I know there's a in the in the comedy world everyone's talking about it, especially stand-ups. Um They tried to cancel Joey Diaz. You can't fucking cancel Joey Diaz. I almost cried. I was like, I will fight anybody I want to cancel that man. He says it's all exaggeration, but nobody can see that because we're well. I think that it, it it's it's a variety of things, a couple of things. Like like can't this is a whole this is a whole conversation all on its own. I feel like cancel culture, um, a lot of people like to generalize about cancel culture just like they generalize about a lot of stuff um and a lot of people think oh you can't cancel this person you can't can't it's like okay well again this is another instance where we should listen instead of talk why is it being canceled and then at the end of the day it's comedy yes someone's gonna get offended and then people are gonna get offended that you're offended <laughs> and so it at some point or another, you're always, no matter, you can be joking about, like, a, a, a box, like, or this, this, like, jar of water, like, you, and, and it'll offend somebody, and then, again, somebody will get offended that you're offended, and then people are like, oh, people are such snowflakes, we can't joke about this, it's like, well, aren't you being a snowflake, <laughs> like, complaining about it, like, and so what? at the end of the day, make well, the joke, if you want to make the joke, just don't be butthurt if someone says, hey, you're a dick about it. Like, like it, it's make the joke. Do what you want to do. It's, it's so Freedom much of speech. more than just being a dick, though. Like, when you're canceling somebody, you're ruining their career. I mean, you can also psychologically ruin someone by being a sexual predator, too. 
if like, they're a again, sexual predator, yeah. Like Bill yeah, Cosby's not a good guy, but if you're going to cancel a comedian for a joke he said, and then you're going to say that, oh, well, don't 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 be worried, that dude's just a dick. That could be a good conversation between the both people that agree, and then that one person's like, I'm going to cancel you. But if that person loses their career and then loses all their money and loses all their funding and has to go get a job at a McDonald's somewhere, then there's the issue because was that we said it's just a joke. Was it a joke? Because honestly, I look at stand up now and everybody's like, oh, you know, my dick. And everyone's like, all this and all this. I'm like, I mean, it's like, always been dick joke after dick joke. It's always been that. Nobody <laughs> said anything that. about Dave Chappelle when he called out the LGBTQ community and then yeah. he even called the audience dumb shits. And That's, all they did was they, laugh. They did, though. They, he, they, they did call him out. That's the thing about comedy is like, again, you're going to, people are going to get offended. And I feel like, it's all case by case. It's again, generalizing. Saying cancel culture is terrible is generalizing, just like a lot of folks who are in cancel culture generalize. We need to cancel going... Mr. Rogers. I think he's not a good dude. Okay. <laughs> why, why do we need to cancel Mr. Rogers? I've gotten really bad feelings. And when I kind of stick with my feelings on things and Bill Cosby, I called before it, was ha before it happened, never liked him, called Kevin Spacey. And then I said, I never liked Chris D'Elia. And then there was some allegation against him. I don't know the full thing into it. But then I'm like, I don't feel right about Mr. Rogers. I just feel like there's something creepy in the basement. And then I heard a Joe Rogan podcast where he mentioned, imagine if Mr. Rogers was a freak. And I was like, like, is somebody listening to me out there? Is this, is this getting out there? Because I feel like well, we're going to go mean, back I mean, I mean, that, that very well might be. Again, I've only heard good things Mr. Rogers. Uh, I haven't heard. Can't speak to that. Uh, oh, I know. My, my mom, when I told her that, she was like, shut up. You shut your mouth. I'm like, but this is how people felt about Bill Cosby. Like people. Well, well that's ah. the thing is people felt that about him once the proof came out about it. No one was like, yeah. oh, I bet him. Oh, I bet him. No. It's like when a woman was or a group of people were brave enough to actually be like, oh, um, actually, I do have a voice and I'm not going to be punished for this. I'm going to speak up. Um, so in a way, like on the other side of things, because I know cancel culture to a lot of folks, especially no, no offense to like my male counterparts and male comedian friends, uh, they all are aware of this. Uh, but it's usually it's a lot. A lot of them are the only ones that have major issues with cancel culture because it affects a lot of, of people their from their community. Yeah, and and it's like so. Whenever my my thing is like, if someone says they're offended by something. Um, and you get offensive. I mean, not, not you, but I'm saying like in general as an example. Yeah, I know. Um, not you personally. Uh, and if you get start getting defensive and start kind of bulldozing with their emotions with your emotions, it's like, well, then you're making it about you. You're not listening. Like, you need to listen. <laughs> you know, and 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 that's a huge like learning curve, I think, for a lot of guys. Um, especially a lot of like of my white guy friends right now they have a big learning curve not just when it comes to women when it comes to people of color when it comes so their, their worlds are rocking right now they have to realize that they've literally been programmed like the society has programmed them to think oh i'm toxic masculinity and, and like all the systemic like racism is, is okay like that that's been like ingrained in their dna and as a white person like yeah it's been ingrained in my dna too that's why again looping back to it sorry getting off track going on a tangent but um no it's perfect i mean i i, I like i look at the side if you want to use an example as like women in comedy for instance i've heard so many accounts of women be like that's not cool that they did that that's not cool that they did that i've heard it from both sides though i've heard from Whitney Cummings as like, or Annie Letter, Letterman, 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 whatever, 
her last name is, she talked about how stand-ups would kiss the girls, like, you know, like, good job going, when they're going on stage or something, but they wouldn't do their guy friends. And then someone, someone spoke up and was like, why wouldn't you do that to the uh, guys as well if you're kissing the girls? Are you just sexist or something? Then I've heard it from the complete opposite side where Bill Burr has walked on stage and a female comedian slapped him in the dick and he was like, don't fucking do that. It would go two completely different reactions depending on where you're kind of standing on. If you're a guy and you're looking at Bill Burr just got slapped in the dick, you're just like, eh. But then if you see a guy that kissed a girl and they're like, whoa, then you would immediately get a worse reaction. It's kind of like 21 or uh, That's My Boy with Adam Sandler where he bangs an older teacher. She went to jail, yes, but a bunch of people were high-fiving him like, good fucking job. It would be the, if it was the complete opposite, that dude would be murdered. It's a way we think about it in society like, I understand the stuff here, but it's like, what the hell is the fix? Again, I think that's generalizing. Because if I was in that spot, uh, I would be just as not okay with that chick slapping my friend in the D. I was like, hey, don't, that's, you're sexually touching someone in an inappropriate way. That's not okay. Doesn't matter what gender you are. Like, just don't fucking do it. It just happens to be that the history behind it is more male against female. That's the history behind it. And that's why there's more of a bigger reaction because it's just like, again, seriously, again? Like, (laughs) it's been happening since the dawn of time. Um, And I think that's- I'm I'm not trying to generalize. I'm just saying like, why is nobody talking about that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's going on. Like, I'm pretty sure there's probably people fighting for it too. There's, but majority of the population, it's like gloss over it. Like a lot of it's just gloss over. And I'm like- Well, I I think just find the conversations that are happening. Because like, I I know I've had that conversation uh, several times with a lot of my circles. Uh, Because it's it's like, if you don't have the conversation, if you're not finding that conversation, then start that conversation. If you want that conversation, begin it. Find the people that are, if people don't want to talk about it, then maybe plant a seed. And then find someone else who's like, oh, hey, do you want to have this conversation? And, and like part of it, these kind of kinds of conversations are like ones we're having, they're going to get uncomfortable. And that's, that's good. When you're uncomfortable, you're being pushed out of your comfort zone, you're learning. And it's okay. You're going to fuck up. You're going to mess up. You're going to say something wrong. You're going to like, again, with jokes, you're going to offend somebody. Say the joke, just understand that, especially nowadays with the internet, it's out there forever. So if you're going to go balls to the walls and say, ah, oh, PC culture is like destroying comedy and you want to say all your jokes, do it, man. Go, go Glenn Coco. But just if people decide not to watch your stuff, people decide not to listen to it, don't be mad at them. If people say it's bad, don't be mad at them. <laughs> like you think Trey Parker and like the guys who created South Park are mad at the people who are like, this is offensive. No, because that's their whole brand. That's their voice. That's who they are. They stick with it a hundred percent. They stay dedicated to it because that's the whole point of their comedy is shock factor and to like, to push that boundary and to offend everyone. Um, and I, I think it's also a matter of, are you punching down? Because punching down is huge in the comedy industry because when you punch down, that's just bullying. Anyone can do that. Kids do that. Children do that. It's literally called playground bullying. <laughs> like, there's a difference between bullying and and punching up. You know what I mean? Um, so, in, in terms of making who can make what jokes, like you were talking about that earlier, is it your place to make that joke? Is the question. Like, um, I just I'm, I just look at it from you said. Um, don't be afraid if somebody gets offended for saying something. I, I don't think it's the fact that they're afraid that they're going to offend somebody. I think it's the fact that that one person, kind of like how we say like a generalization, for instance, or a pass, like, oh, now we need to start having people like, oh, we got to put some fat people in this thing because they're all skinny people. Like that type of token you, that you mentioned, or you kind of 
said before. Well, I said it, and then you kind of gave me the word for it, token. Um, same yeah, token thing. culture's got to stop. <laughs> yeah, That happens with it's the like whole – because the content's the same. They're just trying to shove other people into their content instead of just producing content and giving a platform to folks that haven't it's had the platform. It's the same shit when you, like, with the factor of, like, if somebody gets pissed off at what you said, then they go and they take it to, like, a court and be like, if you don't approve this, then you're that. And then it's tokening where they're like, well, now we got to do it or we're going to look like assholes. And then that person loses. That, I'm just fighting from the side of, like, why can't we just understand that it was a joke? If you don't like it, move on. That's my whole side of it. Like, I've heard things that, do I, do I get offended when somebody calls me cracker? Do I get offended when I get – no, because that's just not how society looks at it. But at the same time, I'm like, holy crap, like, if it's a joke, if you don't like it, move on. It's like trying to listen to music that you just that that you hate and just listening to it twenty four seven. It's like, then why are you listening to it? Like I'm like, uh, good God. Well, it's sorry. It's kind of uh, it's a little all over the place there, but I, I think I think I understand kind of what where you're coming from, um, and like kind of what you're saying. It's it, it, am I correct in hearing, it, it, just not knowing or or, or getting, being frustrated when folks get frustrated at at, at jokes? Is that it's more like the factor of if you don't like it, then, then you don't have to listen to it. But at the same time, if it offends you, but it's the token thing, you take it to a higher thing. And then next thing you know, that guy's like, well, I have to cancel this person now because, well, if I don't, then I'm going to look like a racist. And it's like, it's like listening to music you hate. It's happened though. I, I, well, it, it, I, I can only speak to my experience. Um, if I'm, cause there's so much content out there, right? And I know there's so many talented people out there, especially comedians, especially being in Chicago and in the comedy scene. I see so many talented folks out there who manage to be just as funny as celebrities and they don't offend anyone. And it's just like, it's not that, I think if anything, PC culture is challenging comedy to evolve. And it's challenging it to evolve after years and years and centuries really of, of being, safe right and it's it's doing kind of what we talked about earlier it's pushing us into something we're uncomfortable with that we don't know about so therefore we're get we get defensive and are like well well if i can't make jokes about that it, blah, blah, blah. it's like the metaphor i like to use is like oh everyone's tired of hearing about dick jokes it's like no a really funny person will take the dick joke and make it funny again like this is and so comedy is not canceled because of pc culture it's not it's just being challenged evolve like it's like south park just look at south park again like their formula for their show and the structure of the show has greatly changed i don't know if you've, you're a fan of south park or if i hate south park but oh i, I, I love it never, to death. I, <laughs> I love would, it so much i would never cancel it because people <laughs> love it too much oh i i absolutely love it um but like the formula of it has changed and evolved like the way the the the, the episodes were written they evolved because the audience evolved if they were the exact same that like people change, people evolve. Why wouldn't your show, especially if it's been going on for more than 20 years, why wouldn't comedy? Why would comedy want to say the exact same? Yes, it's inspired by folks like Chaplin, Bud Abbott, Lou Costello, like Buster Keaton, like yes, stuff that they have done have inspired the next generation and so on and so forth. But like the, take the 90s, for example, when I was all about misogynist and dick jokes. And even though I love movies like Happy Gilmore, they're problematic, right? Johnny <laughs> like, Bravo was an issue, but it's really, yeah. honestly, if you looked at it, it showed that if you were an asshole, muscle-bound dude, a girl was going to slap you in the face and the nerd got the girl because of the factor of he was nice. He was real. He was authentic. 
that's a, that's an example. Uh, yeah, yeah, like of how it evolves um, and how it's still evolving. And so my challenge to folks who are like, oh, well, you can't joke about this. You can't joke about this. Like, no, you can't. Go ahead. Do it. Joke about it. Just don't be a snowflake. <laughs> I'm going to take the snowflake from the other side and use it for our side. Can we and say it's like, don't be a, can we, like my mother is a Karen. She, she like, I, I was born of Karen. My whole standup, my, my, well, half of my standup routine is about being born of a Karen. Uh, like her actual name is Karen. <laughs> like, There's going to be people out there that are Karens that are going to be offended by that. Exactly. Karens are going to get offended. And then like, and it's going to be ba a back and forth. You're going to get offended. So that's why, that's why, with, especially with comedy, again, Yes, freedom of speech. Yes, make the joke. Say whatever you want. Just don't get butthurt when someone's like, hey, you offended me. It's like, yeah, you're gonna, at least to someone. Like for no matter what you joke about, you're gonna offend somebody. Just don't get defensive. Just be like, all right, yeah, yep. <laughs> Great, it's comedy. Um, and, and also it's intention is everything, right? So again, if you're making a joke that's offensive, it, how is it offensive? Is it punching down? Or is someone, like, are you making fun of someone? Like, or is it your place to tell that joke? Like, for example, this is like this. Hold on, I just want to say this is the whole point of conversation because now I'm understanding your point of view of things. I'm just looking at it from like if I was a you know comedian and I based on how like a lot of them that are celebrities now. I mean, they started way back when comedy was like this comedy, and I like what you said. Comedy evolved. I agree 100%. That's good that it's evolving in this way. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm saying when it becomes to the point where one person tries to ruin somebody else's career. If it's not justified, like, oh, he said that, and that's a terrible thing. Then we can't control the audience, right? But You, you can't I, control how one I, person okay. reacts. But like, I, if you get offended by something, I might not be offended. I'll, like, you don't like South Park. I'm going to still keep watching South Park. Exactly, and I'm not going to so go and try and cancel it because I'm just going to go, like, I don't like it. I'm not going to watch it. But the thing is, like, when someone has built their whole thing on having a stand-up career and then somebody cancels them, that person has to find a job. And then you think about, what about if they have kids? How but are they going to the feed thing. their kids? But that's the thing is like one person gets offended and then another person gets offended. Each of those people who are being offended are making the choice not to follow that person. And like, like instead of, there's no hive mind here, you know, maybe with some folks there might be, but as an individual, you're choosing to follow that comedian or not. So if you feel bad for that comedian, you keep watching his stuff, you keep paying for it. Fantastic. But you can't control what other people choose to consume and not consume. You can't control that. And so my thing is like, hey, we have to live with our mistakes every day. That person made an offensive tweet. I like, I know, like I've made some like off color jokes, like back when I was in college and, and I, I'm ashamed of them and I have to live with that forever. It's like, yeah, I did that. And if people are not going to want to like follow me or, or watch my comedy anymore, like I don't blame them. Cause like, if I was like watching a comedian, like if I was watching myself, I, I mean, I'm ashamed of myself for doing that sort of thing. And I need to own up the fact that, yeah, I did that. And if someone was so offensive to where he not only they, he, she, I'm not sure which comedian you're talking, referring to, but if they offended to the point where in mass, their entire audience doesn't want to listen to them anymore, ask why, you know, and if you, as the individual, again, want to keep you like, oh, this person deserves the recognition, then you go on, you recognize them. That's your choice as the individual. You can't control me or my decisions or everyone else's, you know? What if like, somebody tried to cancel you for a tweet you did in high school, even though you're sorry for it, they still think you should pay? Because that's what happened with Kevin Hart, and that's why he couldn't host the Grammys or whatever the then that's that then that's what I need to live up to. That's what I need to live with. That was a mistake that I had made. I've, again, like I haven't tweeted, but I don't. I don't really tweet. Like I have my my Twitter account. Like I stopped using it in college. I'm pretty it's sure it's still out It's a dumpster fire. There. You don't need to use it. 
it, it, yeah, like most social media is. <laughs> I barely have social media nowadays. But yeah, then I need to own up to that. And be, instead of cowering away and pussyfooting around it, I'm going to be like, yeah, I did that and I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to do better. And even still, it, it, like, again, some people were upset Kevin Hart didn't get to host. Some people were like, yeah, he shouldn't have posted. Again, I can't control the masses people people are their own individual they make their own decisions and i'm not going to focus on what i cannot control all we can do is look at what's out there and make the decision ourselves that's why like um like a lot of folks are still really split on like louis ck like i was a huge fan of louis he inspired me to do comedy when it came out that he was a predator it caused me to stop doing com like i was the year i decided to start doing stand-up was the year it all came out and was verified as true of what he did and then i it delayed me go getting into stand-up for years because I knew the culture. I personally knew friends who had been taken advantage of by men just like that in Chicago. And, I, and I'm like, if Louie, someone as progressive as Louie was doing it, oh, I don't want to be in that industry. Don't but it wasn't forget until, about all the men that have been abused either. Yeah, not as many, but yes, yes. I'm a, uh, not, not, I'm a sexual nope. assault survivor. So, I mean, if you want to. Yeah, good. Not belittling the, anyone's journey. Everyone has their own journey. They just don't but, expect it from a, a, a guy getting that type of thing. It's pretty uncommon. Exactly. It really exactly. Sucks. It's funny. I didn't it's like a, Louis C.K. So it's like, it's funny. All the people I don't like end up being really bad people. <laughs> Yeah, the thing is, like, Louis had a lot of good points. He went to, and, like, his, one of his quotes, like, hey, when you hurt someone's feelings, you don't get to say, no, you didn't, you know? That, yeah. excellent, Louis. Yeah, absolutely. Like, his, his show, so well written. And I think I, I kind of, Sarah Silverman said it best when, in her, on her show, America, I Love You, um, which I don't, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's, a, it's fantastic. Um, she literally was like, hey, we need to talk about the masturbating elephant in the room, you know? One of my nearest and dearest friends, Louis, did this, and I don't know how to feel about it right now. And that's how a lot of female comedians feel. Uh, she, a, a lot of female artists feel. She almost got canceled too, Sarah Silverman, after she tweeted that yep. about Louis, somebody tried to cancel her for doing blackface. And it's like, don't you understand society is evolving? Should we go back for those actions considering now they're, they don't even think that way anymore. She was so apologetic and she knew what she did was wrong. It's the same thing with- She owned uh, up to it. Yeah. She owned up to it versus but, Louis pussyfooted around it. Remember in 2000. I'm not agreeing with Louis. I do not like that Oh no, man. yeah. He was no, no, I know you don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, it, that's the thing is like, that's the difference between the two. Like, Sarah Silverman, she owned up to what she did and was like, that was fucked up. I've learned, I have grown. Yes, I still need to pay for this. Yes, help me learn, help me grow. Let's do it, owning up to it. Louis, in 2015, when he was first called out about Jerkinoff, he his apology was, hey, if, if you believe, if anyone talks about it enough, it makes it true or whatever, whatever he said. He's like, whatever rumors become true, the more you talk about them, something along those lines. I was like, that didn't sound like a yes or a no, I'm a sexual predator. Danced and then in 2007, it. yeah, danced around it. And then 2017, he put out this half-assed apology that was not a real apology. And like me and a bunch of, all the female comedians that I know of were like, damn it, Louie, you let us down. Like, what the hell is this? That's not, that's, that's what kind of apology is that? If you were to be like, yeah, I got a freaking problem. I'm fucked up. I need to, I need to fix this. Then yeah, I could see, I could see him. There's hope for him, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know how we got off on a tangent on Louis. He let us down. He, I, <laughs> he let I, us all down. I honestly, like, I really enjoy this conversation because like, it's just what the whole thing is about. Like nobody's getting mad. Nobody's talking. We're just trying to understand each other's like perspectives here. I've just seen way too much about like, it's so hard to crack a joke nowadays, but then you changed my mind with the fact of like comedy is evolving. We need to adapt to that whole scenario. I mean, I think 
some things like if you get upset about it definitely there are some people that are you know like there was a guy that was offended um that they were hosting an all women's night at a comedy club and he tried to get he tried <laughs> yeah you laugh at that see it's the it's the sex thing you're laughing at that it's the same thing if a i mean not as dramatic as if a guy bangs a little girl compared to a adult girl banging a little guy it's the same thing if they hosted an all-male night that would be seen as like wow what assholes well then- no well that's the thing is all open mics have been all male open mics. That's why there are all girl ones because we want to go to open mics where we don't get roofied or hit on. But he uh, is, has a he has a right to be upset if you have a justice of right to be upset at an all male one. It's the same exact thing. That's the thing is that no, we're thinking no, no. on the lines of male and female. We're people. There's obviously genetic differences, but at the same time, did he have a right? Most guys would be like like me, thinking in this mindset of like, who gives a fuck? But at the same time, he was upset by it, so he has every right to be upset by it, correct? Ah. And did he, did he ask why? Why is there has to be a female all-female open mic? Did he ask that question? Because the reason why there has to be an all-female open mic is because all regular open mics are literally like hit or miss for women, as in they can either be predatorial or just another open mic like anyone else. Literally, I have, I have several friends who have been taken advantage of who have been drugged by male comedians at open mics. It is a danger to them, or at least it has been. But now we have people like Alex Cuman. Now we have people like An- uh, Amber Audrey and uh, Steph Chiraska and Marissa Chastain and, and Daniel Durbin and other strong female stand-up comedians who, who are like, like hosting um, all female open mics. So we, we as artists can focus on the art and not focus on whether or not someone put something in our beer. That so is that, why. That also, is that just, is that, uh, you're doing a generalization of guys, though. Wouldn't that just be like just pieces of shit? I'm going off of history and experience. That's a generalization. You say you didn't do that. No, no, no. Personal. No, personal history and ex- personal experience. I personally know women who this has all happened to. My cousin got a roofie in his drink when we were just at a bar. We had to take him to the hospital and get his stomach pumped. Did, did, did I'm not I, saying, did, I'm did not I, saying, why is... Why can't both be true? I, what I'm like, saying, I'm, 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 I'm saying, saying that, what I'm reason. saying is that would be a generalization if I said, "Oh, we can't go to the bars because all women are going to try and drug us." It would be the same thing, but it just happens. It more would. On the it's other a history. End. It just it does happen more on the other end. I wouldn't That's use the word "just" because "just" is kind of a little, uh, in verbiage wise, a little dismissive. So I would say it happens on both sides, be and it happens more on the women's side. Because that's I, I the, that's a fact. Because I, I, yes, that might, this is true. Men do get taken advantage of as well. Hell yes, men do. I know, a, I know men and women in the industry of a lot of the men and women I know in the industry, it has happened to women a lot more than men because of actual, not just generalizations of, oh, I know there are facts out there. I personally know these individuals. I, know I personally know guys that have been drugged have to. Yeah. I'm not belittling one journey. I'm saying it from my personal experience and from the experience of a lot of other female comedians, like that is a worry versus a lot of my male comedian friends. I ask them, is this the worry for you? And they're like, no, it doesn't cross our minds. Yeah. But same thing with personal experience. We're talking about my cousin being drugged, for instance, he doesn't trust any women. It's also the same thing. Is it 
now is it we talk about personal experience now in psychology a lot of stuff that also affects us can be genetic environmental all these other factors that play into our life how you grow up is kind of how you adopt your personality traits around the people around you also if you had a hard rough life sometimes it could end up to where you want to make your life better those environmental effects so with the whole factor of if we're taking personal experiences can we just say that person that drugged you or drugged whoever personal experiences, they're a piece of shit and not generalize the whole male or female type thing. Even though there is that stigma there, like I said, and I mentioned before, there is that stigma. It's not all guys that would drug a woman. I would never put anything in a woman's glass, but that's my personal experience. That's what I'm saying though. Statistically also though, how much does it happen? Like, I mean, no, no, these are facts in terms of actual facts comparatively. I know men who have been taken advantage of as well. I'm in the industry. Yeah, but stats, I know men who have. I understand, but stats are based off a population or, or a percentage of a population. The number might be higher, but that would still technically not every guy not, but, is a piece of shit. No, I'm not. Why? So when I say women need to be on the guard when it comes to going to these open mics because they get taken advantage of a lot. I, it seems that you're hearing men don't get taken advantage of a lot versus what I'm saying is women are taken advantage of a lot. Women are taken advantage of, and like in the industry, that's why the Me Too movement's happening. No one's saying it's not happening to men. It's happening a lot more yeah, to women. Yeah, it happens. That's what I said. It's, it's more on the, the women's side. It's what it happens. What I'm saying is that is we can't just label a whole entire thing. I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying we can't say like, oh, this – it happens on both sides. It happens more on the women. Yes. But would it be that that whole stand, like you said, stand up comedy, the whole male thing, it's mostly dominant, like male. And it's really scary for like the women. It's, they feel sexually harassed or they feel predatorized. Is we that, are sexually harassed. We don't feel it. We are. I know a bunch of female comedians and there's a famous one, Whitney Cummings that talks about, no, she's not. And she's never felt that way. It might that's just her be journey. That's, that's, that's an individual journey. Then their, but, their personal experience is different from generalizations. You saying the factor of that all of these clubs make you, that's you guys how feel that way. There are someone out there that probably don't feel that way. That's, that's, that's very true. Uh, in my experience as a woman in the stand-up community and who speaks to many, 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 many women in the stand-up community, I am, this is our experience. And I can safely say that for, I don't want to speak for other female comedians. You can talk to other female comedians if you want. Oh, go for it. I encourage you to. But I feel, or and, not but, and, and I feel like the conversation will be very, very similar. Obviously everyone, because I have a friend, I have several friends who in the industry, it has not been about jokes. It has been, they've been taken advantage of. They've had stuff slipped in their drink. You know, like, What's, I guess the main like takeaway here is comedy and not just comedy, but most art um, work and the work industry in general has been so male dominated because systemically that is what like we have been set up. Yeah, I I, I agree. Women women didn't get rights until like the 90s. So it was like a big thing where now. And even then we're still having to fight for it. (laughs) Like, but that happens on all other things too. But it's also from now we're educating ourselves. Like you said, with comedy, it's evolving. We're evolving as people. I just like, there's going to be people that are starting out that have never experienced that before. Don't know what the comedy scene's like. And then if you're saying that it's all driven this way, or it's all doing like, it's all kind of scary for you, but they're going to hear it's your, it's ex- all scary. No, no. I, I, what I'm saying is, but when they hear your experience and then that programs into their mind is that that's what that's like forever. And it's like, 
the whole point of this was like, you need to see the perspectives of everybody. There's obviously an issue. Nobody's saying it's not, but it's also seeing from both sides of the spectrum. I've heard people talk about the Black Lives Matter from black people that are upset about what's going on. I, I, I stood there, I was like, all lives matter, yes. But then what really hit me is because you mentioned something in the beginning of not, you'll never understand what that's like, that whole thing. That's just something you can't. I was able to understand when he said, as a father, I am afraid for my kid. That's when I could see it. That's when I was able to feel that. It wasn't just a saying. It wasn't just like, I'm not racist. I'm not any of this stuff. I'm not sexist. I don't care. Do whatever you want. Just be people. Be nice. That's my whole mindset thinking. Me giving experience of that to somebody else is going to create people that are like, yeah, do what you want. But when you start hating or you're too opinionated onto one side, you're not just lying dead in the middle you're really disclosing yourself because if you teach that to somebody else, it's like a teacher that just teaches racism down and down and down the line. Then those people are going to be completely just taking that when they turn into an adults. It's about educating people and evolving them all to a mindset of where we can have a conversation. We can understand each other and we can get to the same point of thinking. The business is everything that's going on right now is justified because of the fact is we've been running on a really shitty foundation. People don't want to have these talks like me and you are having. People are going to listen to this big. They're arguing. It's not an argument. This is two people chatting and talking about experiences that they've seen. We have both grown up, you know, however long, I'm not going to say anybody's age, but the factor of two different lives, two different experiences, two different things. Same thing with me and my cousin. We have two different experiences, me being all public, me being around the, like poverty, all these types of things, and my cousin getting a lot of things handed to him. We're two completely different people, but now he's also trying to learn more, and I'm also trying to understand him. It's a whole factor of you don't need to be too opinionated on the one side, and people won't have these conversations, and when you don't talk about it, you're never addressing it. When you're doing all these things like fighting or riding or doing all these things, you are fighting for the time that has been lost. Wouldn't I wouldn't – I, so in terms – when you say both sides – and you're talking about stand-up and women being taken advantage of and not, wouldn't men and women being taken advantage of not be opposite sides? That would be, I would consider that the same side. I would say the other side is the aggressor. The other side is the person slipping the roofie in the drink. I don't want to hear their side. That, we're on the same side, me and the, no matter who's getting taken advantage not, of in not, industry. Not the side of that guy, more like the side of, and this was to relate with, um, I would say race and the whole factor of the side thing on that one. Like, why are people thinking this way? Why are people thinking this way? Why did that dude slip a thing in a drink? Probably because his life was fucked up. He's a horrible being. He's going to get punished for it because that's illegal. But on the, on the mindset Not of- Not necessarily. That's what's fucked up. <laughs> Well, yeah, they don't get caught. that all leads into a big thing is what I'm saying is it's not the it's the foundation that we're on is really fucking shitty is what I'm saying. The yeah. legal system's completely fucked. There's a bunch of things that are messed up that we need to evolve that too. What I'm saying is I'm kind of I'm agreeing and also trying to explain like the factor of you don't need to understand that personal experience, but understand the experience of you don't want to create the mindset of that this is going to be completely one sided. It's like trying to tell a kid you're never going to make it because you're this, you're that. Oh, it's just not for you. Society's not going to let that happen. You can, if you say that the thing, there's two pathways they can walk with that. One is they can pursue it and try and take that down and try and make it equal for everyone. Or the second one is it would deter them from ever doing it. So many people in this world, and at one point, someone probably told you that's probably not going to happen. 
that deters you sometimes from chasing down something or it steers you in the complete opposite direction where you feel like you a challenge to take it. At one point, somebody in my family said, I wouldn't go to college. You're not college material. I could have easily been like, you're right. That could be a complete waste of my time. Well, you know, I, got I think my being aware of what's going on in the industry, like I don't see it as a bad thing. I see it as like, you need to be aware of what happens before you go into this industry. But that's what's great about when, when whatever happened, when that horrible thing happened to my friend, that deterred me that between that and Louie, <laughs> deterred me from getting into the industry for several years. Since then, these strong females in the industry have made the industry what it is today to where I am able to do it. I exactly like what you were, like you were saying, like this is what that, they're what inspired me to get back and try comedy again, because I knew it was safe for me when other females were like, okay, you don't feel safe. Let's go together. You and me, like my buddy, Danielle and I, she got me into standup because we would only go together. And I knew I was safe and I could just focus on my work, not focus on, Oh, should I watch my drink? You know? Yeah. Well, so the, like, that's, the that's the thing is like, in, in terms of like being deterred of like following your dream and understanding like all of the sides to a situation. Absolutely. Everyone should do research themselves. Everyone should be knowledgeable of themselves and no one should take one person's word as gospel. Like that's dangerous, right? That's what yeah. a, lot, a lot of people's mindset is now. They take this crazy Cheeto human who's running our country's word as gospel. And that's the most terrifying thing ever. Um, you should have all the facts going, whatever you're going into, whether it be college, whether it be a job, whether it be stand-up, you should be aware of what's going on. You should be fully aware of what's going on. You shouldn't be naive. And then you should make, do your own research. And then you need to make the decision yourself whether or not it's for you. I say you should try it. Everyone should try everything. Everyone should try stand-up. It's, it's very healing. It's wonderful. Um, That's the main thing I'm fighting for is the fact of not that I'm fighting for these jokes should be jokes. More on the factor of I don't want some person, let's say a little girl, that hears how scary this thing is and then to cheer her from doing a dream. I want her, like yourself, I want it to be where you're comfortable. You feel like it's this is everyone's equal. That so mindset, then how do we do that? That's so then how do we do that? How do we make it safer for them? We have female open mics. We make the industry more uh, available and accessible for females. I we never, make it safer. I know, we but I, I, I also never said the female thing was a bad idea. I'm saying from that guy's oh, no, point of view, you he was offended. I'm not saying you did. But yeah. what, I'm, what I'm saying is to get to that mindset of why can't we just, why can't comedy be for everyone? Why can't be comedy be for this? That's and why the can't thing be is that? it is. It is, but not the way we've been running it for so long is what I'm saying. How do we get it to a point? How like a few have been running it. I would say, I would argue a few would, have been running it that way for a long time because anyone can do comedy. Just because a lot of men have been speaking louder doesn't mean there haven't been funny women everywhere. That's what I'm, like, that's, 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 people that's, I'm are a, just given a platform. I'm agreeing with you on the factor of, I think that, 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 that we should all be, you know, paying attention to it's not just about oh let's keep he's a he's a dude let's get him the role for this he's a girl let's get her the role for this or something like that it's about adapting to a point like if they're funny they're funny put them on stage that's what i'm thinking that's the mindset i think of like oh if they're it doesn't matter if you're white black asian girl boy well, whatever say, let's if go, you're i say yes let's go a step let's go a step further they're fun if they're funny they get up there have i seen this before that's the thing is when I see another white cisgendered male on stage, I go, oh, again, you know, and when, because it's, it's an opinion. It has whenever, especially let's take stand up, for example, 
you have a voice. You have a very like, this is my voice. This is my message. This is my tone. This is what I'm passionate about. This is my opinions on things. This is my, who I am as a comedian. Um, I'm self-deprecating humor. I'm vaudeville humor. I'm very slapstick humor. I'm dad jokes humor, whatever the hell. Um, and I think this kind of, this a little bit goes back to who can say what jokes, right? If I were to get up there and I were to talk about, oh, look at me, I, I hate being middle-aged and divorced with three kids, people would be like, it doesn't matter how funny the joke and punchline is, like, I'm obviously not a 50-year-old woman and I don't have three kids, I've never been married, like, what, where am I to talk about that joke? It's not relatable because it's obviously not true. The audience is going to be like, huh, you know? So I've, I've, I've heard these opinions from like white cisgendered men over and over and over and over and over and over. I want to hear a woman's perspective. I want to hear a person of color's perspective. I want to hear a queer person's perspective. I, I want to hear different voices, you know, versus like the, it's kind of like hearing the same song over and over again, but yeah. different covers of the same song. doesn't mean these white straight males are, are, aren't good and aren't talented and aren't great people. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, let's get a little goddamn variety <laughs> because we've heard it and we've seen it over again. Like there's this, for example, there's a new Netflix show out with, um, um, What's his name from the office? Um, from with uh, Steve um, Carell. Carell. Oh, there, thank you. And I love Steve Carell. Oh my god, he's so funny. He's great. He's a wonderful human being. I'm so I, within the first episode of this new show. I don't even know the name of it. He he he's an Air Force person. I, I got so bored because I was like, wow, there's so many. You fucking hate Space Force. I, I love people. Space Force. It was the well. There was a single woman of color. Uh, that's actually, that's hold on, I'm going to agree with you on this one because I actually listened to the I podcast with Andrew Yang, for instance, where yeah. the, the, the Asian um, NASA guy, the main dude, the main scientist, they were looking for roles to fill the China side. They were looking for a Chinese person to fill that role, and he offered up his dad, and that was a thing, that they had to fill that role for that. But you wouldn't believe it if it was a white guy trying to act Asian, then that would be a whole big thing. So they had oh, to go for be, the no. role. Yeah, <laughs> so it really brings into a factor of like, is this ever going to change? I'm well, my point is like, we've seen this story before is what I was getting at. It's like, let's see a different story. Let's see a story from where someone else is the star, not just another oh. straight white guy, you know? Because I've seen this before, you know? Like... It's kind of like where I was, why I, I loved the Marvel films so much, but then I got real tired of them real quick. And then thank God Black Panther came out, um, which, oh my God, rest in peace. But like Black Panther finally came out and then we got like Captain Marvel and it was just the rest of it was just a bunch of, like, I swear to God, if another Marvel movie comes out, it's another straight white guy, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> like, it's like, they're great they're great or stories great actors i switch, love them all love the switch story. universes over you know dc like, has more female uh leads and yeah. also green lantern is the first black superhero i don't care what anybody says everybody says black panther and all this stuff i'm like has anybody checked green lantern used to be black like yeah but then ryan they made reynolds set up with ryan reynolds and he knows that <laughs> yeah they're making like, another one though where it's going to be better because they're actually going to go off the other one off justice league which i'm like fuck yeah it's in that's the thing it's not just marvel movies it's literally everything it's ingrained in everything it's like let's that's that's why i think especially now since comedy is evolving i think it's evolving to where it's like okay so the main focus is on who it's on white people you know that's why it's my job as an artist to be like okay now i have this platform once i get a platform to also provide a platform because like like i'm sorry but people have seen me right they've seen 
a, a white chick get up there and talk, you know, like obviously they haven't heard me, the individual fee get up there and talk or do my piece. But at the same time, I know I haven't seen like, it's, yeah, I mean, I've said this already, but yeah, seen a lot of, <laughs> basically I, I we know, need more yeah. variety in comedy. We need more variety I, in I, all I, art. I agree for sure. I just, I don't ever want to deter somebody like a little kid from chasing after a dream or something by telling them, well, you're not, the, the way the roles and the system works is you're probably not going to do that. Understand? So then don't tell them that. Instead, 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 how can you how can you help otherwise? I mean, I have no mark into the industry. I wouldn't be able to change, and it's already slowly doing its thing. You know, I understand. It's, I think it's it about down. like I don't want to breed out the whole factor of like what you know you can do it if you put your mind to it. I just feel like nowadays it's so part where people are like it's too hard probably like you know try it this way or maybe do it this way especially if you come from like a family that's been raised in poverty a lot of times the parents are trying to invest their lives into your kids lives and then the next thing you know they're like well don't do that because this will happen and then it's like well then they're never going to ever chase their dreams rob Lowe I that's how i grew up i grew up fearing everything my mother raised that's, me to fear and everything. now you're fighting to go the complete opposite you're making up for lost time it's the same rob lowe talked about like he didn't want to breathe out creativity out of his kids but he told his kids when they wanted to get into acting he's like please god no and he tried his best to make them get a safe and steady job and then now he realizes his kids are kind of boring like they all have great careers they're all doing this and they're all he talks about them being amazing but at the same time he's like i really kind of killed their dreams a little bit of chasing down by telling them how hard it is how difficult it is and he mentioned when he was 15 years old and he got his first tv show which he says is the worst rated one but he had 19 million people watching because there's only 62 channels at the time which is like that's a fucking lot of people um but uh he talked about like if somebody would have told him about the industry and how difficult it was and all these types of things then he would have never chased after his dream that's what i'm looking at is i don't want people to be so I don't want the industry to be like it is. I don't. So I don't what's happening is not the warning itself. That's the issue. It's the people doing it. That's the issue. So that's what needs to change, not the warnings. The warnings will stop when it stops happening. So what needs to happen is men need to hold each other accountable. And I have, I know all the men I know in this industry, they do just that. Like I've seen it happen in action is like a guy will say something like, oh, like this, that, like off the cuff or like, oh, women aren't really funny. Like even as a passive joke. And before I could, I even like was going to check him, my male, straight male friend checked him. And it's just like, that's what needs to happen. That's fucking what needs to happen out there is men need to hold each other accountable. Just like, like, like right, right now, like women we need to hold each other accountable like we have a saying i live with two other amazing beautiful fantastic very talented artists and we have a saying in this house we in this household we are all queens we all have crowns we do not knock each other's crowns off our heads we straighten them we help each other straighten their crowns like we that's how women in the industry like that that's, just needs to be a factor of being more connected as people I check yeah. if, if my if we need somebody, to support each other. Somebody said something like women's not funny. I'd be looking at them like, what the fuck? You're not funny. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Like, that's the whole <laughs> We've thing. We've always been funny. But yeah. there's always been that factor of, I think that there's just a, a I would, if you want to do a generalization or if you don't want to, the factor of there are people out there that think this way. There are people that think like how I do, where it's like, no, they're not. It's, it's, what are you talking about? Like, it, it, it's about treating everybody equal no matter race or gender. And that is a lot easier said than done. 
obviously. Yeah. Um, so what can we do is we can't, we can't control, don't focus on what you can't control. You can't control the actions of every asshole out there. What you can control is your actions. You can check men. I you, agree with when that. You're, yeah, exactly. And so that's all you really can do is like, hey, I can't control you, but you can control you and your actions. And if you're around somebody, you can be like, hey, that wasn't okay, dude. Or hey, don't, don't be an asshole. You know, that's, that's basically, that's basically what it comes down to, especially, and it's, it's especially like our job because we're the ones that have had this platform for so long. We need to be the ones to turn to each other and be like, hey, that's not cool. Or hey, we evolve, help each other. Don't be angry or defensive or offensive or be like, you're an asshole or you're, uh, you didn't know any better. In my, I, my mindset, you can't really be angry at someone who didn't know that they were aggressing. But once they're aware of it, then it's their fault if they keep doing it. Yes, but that I agree with. But it's our job to check them. Yeah, it, but it's our job to check them. Um, and if we're not checking them, then we're not doing a good enough job. And how can we expect things to change if we don't help it, right? If we don't I, change ourselves. I agree. I think it's just really hard because I, I think, first of all, I love this conversation. I really did. I know Same. it seems yeah, like- Yeah, thank you for having it. We're, we're having like the, the kind of like the heated, like going back and forth. But I, I like that That's because- good. It's addressing things that it's helping, you know, you get to see perspectives of everybody's side here. And at the same time, there's an aside. It's we're just talking about something that's obviously going on. I just wish there was an easy button that would just make people, you know, treat people like people. I really hate the factor of I think a lot of people talk about like, I think it's the factor of you don't really, you're not really kind to yourself. And you can't really give love back if you're not don't even love yourself. I mean, as a society, we're really, really capitalized on this whole looks and all this judging of, of, you know, people walk around with like a mask kind of on the factor of nobody ever wants to truly be themselves or most of the population does it because they're afraid to show. And it's like, ah, oh, man, that just, it kills me. Cause like, then that's when people become complacent and then people become comfortable. And as we saw with the pandemic and everything, all these people lost their jobs, got out of place. And like, I've worked 20 years for this company and now I don't have a job. It's like, you put your dreams on hold because you played it safe. It's like, you should pursue whatever makes you fucking happy. And if it's building Ikea furniture, do it. Honestly, the Amish seem pretty damn happy. Okay. <laughs> they have great apple butter. Trust me. They? They've got something great going on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Great apple butter. Uh, at least at the Amish buffet in Indiana. It's so good. Um, but no, you're, you're, I, I, I agree in that. We should definitely tr look at each other as, as humans because, oh, guess what? We are. Um, and whenever I encounter, like my family, for example, a lot of my family are Trump supporters. Um, I don't understand why. Uh, and I try, it's very hard not to get angry with them when I talk to them. And so I'm like, can I'm, I, I'm working can on Can I that. give you my theory on the Trump thing? Oh, please do. <laughs> I think that a lot of people like Trump not, I mean, not some people like him because he's ridiculous, but I think it's because the immigration thing, it's the factor of why, like, you know, we pick up things around that we, that look like us and we're afraid of things that are different. It's we're all the immigration that's coming in is different and it's not, we're not comfortable around that. And I think that's an issue for a lot of people is that you need to make that comfortable because you're looking at a skin stopping you from somebody having a better life or somebody have this, like my, my, a lot of my friends are of a different race. And my one buddy who has a giant Hispanic household, I mean, it's so much fun. It's so much bonding and they figured it out. It's about family. It's about the real times and the moments, but 
And the reason why a lot of people are so pro-Trump is they're just afraid of change. They're afraid of something different. They're afraid of all these people moving in that don't look like them. And, don't, and I think that's stupid. That's just my thought on it. I mean, from yeah. looking at it at a point of view. Not everyone um, is able, because well, what's, what's really tricky about this uh, is a lot of my family, they, they, they say the same thing is there but they still voted for trump they say the exact same thing but it's like yeah but it's it's one thing to say it it's another in practice right it's like actions speak much louder than words um people say oh we should just love each other or we shouldn't oh i don't see color it's like okay well are you being positive in your words are you being productive or are you being dismissive because are you listening basically um so, so I think that's a question. Even folks who are who are woke, like like me, me for example, I consider myself like educated. I'm still a white person. I'm still racist. I need to still learn. I need every single day to learn, and it's getting past your own ego. I think that's your comfortable box. They live in a bubble in Missouri, and they're like, "This is our bubble. We do everything inside this bubble. It's all safe. Nothing's going on here, and everything's normal here." It's like, well, how, how many people of color do you know? Like, how many people do you interact with on a daily basis? Uh, how many people do you know who this, all these things that this, um, this administration is directly affecting? And the answer is very little to none. Um, and so it's like, well, then yeah, you don't, you have no idea. But whenever I try to educate them, whenever I send them articles, whenever I send them like facts and like, like this is literally what's happening on the house floor right now. Like they're like, oh, it's, uh, nah, I, I don't care. When it comes down to it, whenever I, they bring an argument to me, like, oh, this is why I like Trump or this or whatever, I meet their argument and I'm able to dismantle it. And when they realize that I've won the argument, they combat me with, oh, well, I don't care. Oh, I don't care. It's very dismissive. It, Shuts it down. It's like, oh, I want to go back in my bubble. Those it's are like, people okay, that just want so to shout out all their um, they're all they want to shout out their side, but they don't want to listen to somebody else's, which I think is completely wrong. And well, that's the thing is like you can't control them. That's what's so frustrating is you can throw all the facts, you can say two plus two is four all day, but if they are comfortable with thinking it's three, if they want it to be three, there's there's at a certain point, there's no point in trying to argue with them. Like doesn't mean I'm gonna stop, but I'm gonna still keep throwing facts at them until hopefully maybe one day. They'll, they'll be like, oh, maybe saying it this way will make it click. But it's, it's, it's almost, it, it feels hopeless. It, it's like arguing with a wall is what it feels like with me a lot of times with my family. It's because it doesn't matter how many facts you present to them, how much backed logic you can present to them. They will still, if it makes them uncomfortable, they're going to go into what's called lizard brain. Have you heard of lizard brain? Yeah. It's, they're going to, exactly, they're going to go into lizard brain. They're going to be like, fight or flight. Uh, uh, well, I don't care or they're going to shut it down, or they're going to get really defensive, and their emotions are going to take over, and they're not going to listen. They're that's when you tell them straight up, you're not going to have a conversation with me, you're not going to hear my side, and we're done here. We don't need to talk about it anymore. The sad thing is nobody wants to hear the other side, and that's what I've prided myself in. I have views on things, and I listen to people talk. I've, I've had so many conversations, and I'm hearing, I, for instance, I had a Scientologist on here. He didn't think I had a shitload of questions to ask him, but at the same time of the factor of, I didn't find him through Scientology. He just dropped that on me. So I did him a service, and I did myself a service by not picking at that where I knew it was uncomfortable for him to talk about, and we just talked about whatever we wanted to talk about. That's the excellent. Th the thing is, Nobody ever wants to see the other point of view. I get in arguments with people in my household, and I'm like, I see why they see it. I always analyze it in my head. I see how they were thinking now, and then I was thinking this way, and then we just talk about it. But so many people just want to spout their side, and they want to run with it, and they don't want to listen to you. And that, I mean, that has led to so many issues in just the world. And I think Oh, yeah. Communication is, I believe, the root 
of all issues. It comes down to communication. People, like that's why I like to practice active listening because one, I have ADHD, I need to. And so that's why like I did it earlier. Like, I was like am I, are you saying this? Because sometimes like I can say one thing, you will hear an entirely different thing. Um, and there's no way of really fully knowing what the other person has said until you're able to practice active listening, until you're able to repeat back to them. Because, man, I've been so shocked so many times. And like, I, like, like even my roommates, people who know me really, really well, I practiced active listening with them. I'm like, okay, when you said that, do you mean this? And they were like, oh, oh, no, not at all. Actually, I meant this and vice versa. Um, so that's why I feel like if the world were to just practice active listening, it would solve so many problems. Because again, I can say, hey, your shoes are blue. Your shoes are blue. They're blue. Oh my God, your shoes are blue. You might hear my shoes are green. Like literally it comes down to the individual. We hear things differently. Um, and we communicate differently from each other. We can't expect everyone, oh, I communicate this way and I expect everyone to communicate with me this exact same way. So we have to be, realize the world is not black and white like that. Like if we can't, like this is an example I use for not just communication styles, um, religions, uh, opinions about things. Like, what, like, for example, what is your favorite color? Uh, shit. Like what's the coolest color in your opinion? Teal. Teal. Great. You love teal. I love yellow. I think yellow is the coolest color ever. If we can't align on something as simple as a color, how the hell are we going to ever agree on politics, on religion, on, the, on anything really, on communication styles? We have to realize we are individuals. We're not going to be exactly the same in how we think and how we like act. And yeah, how your favorite color is yellow. That's cool. I mean, it doesn't bother me any. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but it, and it, it goes beyond just a color. It goes how we communicate, how, how we carry ourselves, how we, how, how we are, how, how, how we are people every day. So we have to recognize that. And I think what comes is so frustrating is like, oh, just be this way or just think this way or just do this. It's as much like, as you're willing to take the initiative to say something, you should take the same initiative in listening, which I also look at their perspective as well as that they're really passionate about this and they're also trying to be. Same thing with a lot of people who be like, I hate feminism because they're all evil. And it's like, well, you got to understand that they're being passionate about something that's been going on for so long. I just try and keep that mindset when someone wants to sit there and spout everything and then shut me down. I'm like, all right, well, I get it. You don't, when you're ready to actually listen and actually have a conversation, then you come to me and we can talk about it. But it, it's 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 trying to get that other person other person's perspective because we feel like we don't really have enough time to shout our own things out. Saying it's not just a matter of uh, listening but hearing, right? Because yes. those are sometimes two very different things. Sometimes folks just wait their turn to talk, and that's why I think, especially in conversations where you disagree with someone, where you might have a misunderstanding about someone with someone that's why it's so important i think to practice active listening to repeat back to them do you mean this because a lot of times when i've observed when i've been a third party of arguments like that i just kind of want to be like guys you know you're both saying the exact same thing right like you know that right <laughs> like that's literally kind of what we were doing the whole entire time but we were really just looking at it from two different i think we're yeah. just kind of explaining in some ways yeah and different yeah and yeah, in some ways, absolutely. That's why I think it's important to be like, okay, well, when you say that, do you mean this? Or what if we shift it to like, think this way? It's like, oh, well, you're comparing these two things. What I'm doing is comparing these two things. And it's like, oh, okay. So I see like, not just, not just what you're saying, but I understand now how to process and how to respond 
because now I fully understand what you're trying to communicate. It's, yeah, no, communication is, it's, man, it's, <laughs> it gets it's worse by text. Let me tell you, it gets way worse by text. Oh God. Yeah. Text, email. And people are like, oh my God, they put it in an extra period. That means it's a half ellipse. What is that? Does that mean they're angry with me? It's like, no, just, I, that's why I hate texting. I hate. Stop yelling at me. That's yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. That's why, dude, that's why, uh, let's just all just do comedy. Look, comedy's better. Comedy is so much better <laughs> than everything. We need it more than ever now. Laughter is the best medicine. Comedy is going to save us all. <laughs> Fee, please promote anything you want to promote. You've given me way more than enough of your time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, just spilled my wine. Um, so I do comedy. Sorry, all my wine has been spilled. Okay, uh, I do comedy with my wonderful roommates called Trash Panda Comedy. It's on YouTube. Uh, check us out. Uh, we have our little YouTube more sketches are to come on that. Um, we have the little we have a little tinfoil raccoon logo. He's really cute. Um, and then I have another sketch group that I perform and do uh, write sketches with called Family Dinner Comedy, also on YouTube. You can find them there. Um, I also, uh, how I met you was through Nathan, through Frightmare Theater. Yes. Yes, uh, Frightmare too much. Uh, I wrote an episode for which is premiering tomorrow. Actually, it's called Haunted Me. It's the first part in. Uh, I believe I'm going to make it a three part or maybe a five part uh, mini series within Frightmare. Um, it's like a comedy. Uh, uh, it's kind of like the the drunken uh, alcoholism of Rick Sanchez uh, meets Buffy, kind of like that. Um, that episode in for Frightmare Theater premieres tomorrow, which you can listen to Frightmare uh, anywhere where podcasts are available. Um, and then, yo, yeah, uh, also with backing up to Trash Panda Comedy, you can uh, catch me. I'm going to be doing lots of character work come the next few months. Uh, mostly right now what I'm working on is stuff called uh, Marissa and Onion. Onion is my puppet that uh, I do uh, sketches with my roommate. They just talk about stuff. Um, and yeah, I'm just constantly writing sketches, producing content. Uh, please check out my Instagram. It's just fbasanavichus at, or no, it's just at fbasanavichus. You gotta fucking spell that last name for I, them. I do. Okay, the whole thing. Here we go. It's F as in foxtrot, and then my last name, which is B A S A N A V I C I U S. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the Instagram, so people know. Yes, that's Instagram. Um, or you can find me on Facebook, Fee Basanavichis. I'm the only Fee Basanavichis. If you type it. in like the first ten letters, it'll 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 find the person. Yeah, you'll find me. First name Fee, like like paying one. F as in Frank double E. That's me. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much uh for being on this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast and stay tuned for our next episode.